0: welcome everybody to the value clarity podcast where we talk about value customer perceived value and everything that happens in your customer to maximize and optimize value today i am thrilled i've got kurt shaver who is the chief sales officer at vangresso a company that does helps its clients do virtual sales virtual outreach kurt say it better than i did
1: (laughs) hey mark thanks hey that's pretty good right um gosh there's so many terms for it it can be confusing. Um, you know, three or four years ago, people called it social selling. Then that expanded into digital selling. Then COVID hit and everybody was calling it virtual selling or remote selling. So it it goes by many names, but uh, sometimes I jokingly refer to it as we help sellers learn sales tools and methodologies that were not invented last century. So that means we don't really focus on handshakes, the telephone or email. We focus on social networks and video messaging.
0: Awesome, Uh, and I actually, I met Kurt when I was uh, back in my days with uh, Miller-Hyman. Kurt came in and helped us at Miller-Hyman to sharpen up uh, our digital footprint, our digital marketing. And um, there's a lot of, very seasoned sales pros who really needed that uh, myself among them so kurt thanks and it's great to have you here to um help bring those skills to everybody
1: absolutely mark and uh, hey thanks for mentioning that i mean that was that was actually quite an honor for us you know i'm a uh 30-year plus sales veteran myself so you know miller hyman is like the gold standard of uh enterprise sales training and to actually get hired by miller hyman for digital sales training um we 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 took as as quite a compliment or we're very happy uh, to work with um, people that really, really understood it
0: yeah and and let's let's be honest, I did that probably three years ago back in the dark ages in the before times. yeah, and the world has changed dramatically in those couple short years.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, uh, if you just look at things like the inside and field sales, I mean, basically everybody's an inside, been an inside salesperson for the last thirteen months, um, as as the world has, by and large, been on lockdown, um, and everybody's really had to learn how to to use what we call an omni-channel approach, which is all of those tools. You know, I was kind of joking about um, you know the modern tools, but they they all need to be used: telephone, email social, video, uh, all of those are components just really to increase the chances of reaching people because different people react and respond to different channels, right? Somebody will pick up, some will pick up the phone, some won't, some will answer emails, some won't, some prospects respond to social, some don't. So that's why we're, we're really wanting to just expand the toolkit for sellers so that they can reach as many prospects as possible.
0: So here's my pet peeve with people who reach out to me on LinkedIn, they connect, and then 15 minutes later, they're selling, or maybe even in the outreach. That's not what you do. You just differentiate yourselves from that awful kind of outreach to do something completely different, because that's not professional selling, in my opinion. Tell, tell us what you what's different about what you help your clients do.
1: Um, well, you're exactly right. And again, you know, I always say about social let's take social but this is when we're talking about what you brought up i mean it, you know it the channel it, the channel or the format or the medium there's nothing bad with the channel or the format of the medium whether it's the telephone email social or whatever there's nothing bad about the format what's bad is the use of it um you know to 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 kind of paraphrase the paraphrase the um, old phrase about guns right it's like uh, you know, so social doesn't kill relationships. Bad social kills relationships. <laughs> so, to your point, and I, and I think the tie in really for your the theme of your whole podcast really is is value. You know, you've got to you, you you've got to bring value. I mean, to your specific point, yeah, absolutely, you, you don't want to connect and then pounce on people. no, no sales process is very successful with a seller pouncing on them. Again, you know think think of the real world if you're at a conference and you meet somebody, and you discover at the coffee bar that they're an ideal prospect for you. Man, if you jump right into a hard sell, in most instances, you're, you're gonna turn them off or they're gonna, gonna walk away. So it's no different on social. You know, The goal there is to really start to build a relationship. The more you can personalize and the more you can bring value to start to bring uh, that relationship up to a warm level, at the same time, you're going to find out more about that prospect, what their needs are, what their interests are, right? And then again, as a professional seller, when the time is right to explore if there's interest in your product or service, you you're, you can do that knowing that if you built up some level of relationship, okay, maybe they're going to give you two or three minutes to kind of hear you out to see if they might want to give you five to 10 minutes. So yeah, you're right. But There's just so much bad practice on LinkedIn in particular, as you just mentioned, it it gives a lot of people a bad taste.
0: Yeah. Complete the sentence that my mom and your mom said, just because you can, doesn't mean
1: you should. Exactly. (laughs) Right. Yeah.
0: And the cool thing about all these tools is that it's easy. Yeah. The bad thing about all these tools is that they're easy. You gave me a really interesting statistic, some research that said the most difficult part of the sales process that people have is what?
1: The most difficult part of the sales process is starting the sales process, which means getting that first appointment. Um, You know, we we did a a survey on LinkedIn about, well, it it was, I guess, halfway into the COVID July, maybe August of 2020. I mean, we we're obviously well into COVID at that point. The question is, what do you what do you think the the hardest part of the sales cycle is? Since we're not at that time six months into COVID, so the options were, you know, starting the sales conversation, doing a discovery call, um, you know, demonstrating value, um, you know, negotiating the contract or closing the deal. Eight hundred responses, pretty that's not bad, uh, and fifty nine percent of them said starting the sales. I Mean, you know, no real surprise there. I mean, one, I think that starting the sales conversation has gotten harder every year for the last 30 years, but you know, it went into sort of like turbo difficulty in COVID um, for a couple of very related reasons. Number one, every everyone was at home now. So nobody's traveling, they're not going to conferences, they're not flying in planes, which means, you know, eight, nine hours a day, they're in front of their computer. So for a seller. That just means they're blasting, blasting, blasting emails. I mean, there was a statistic out from um, Microsoft that said um, in the last 12 months, um, 40 billion more emails were sent than in the previous 12 months. 40 billion more emails were sent in the last 12 months than the previous 12 months. And again, it's because people are all sitting around at their computer. Now, at the same time, seller, a lot of that is sellers. At the same time, what's happening on the receiving end for the prospect? Um, they've got 10 Zoom calls in a row, right? <laughs> they're, 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 they're getting up at 6.30 to, to talk to people in EMEA before they go to sleep. And they might be taking that eight o'clock um, uh, uh, video or Microsoft Teams conference to talk to somebody over in APAC. And meanwhile, their, their day is just jam, 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 jam. So how do you reach those people? That's the tough part.
0: Yeah. You know, it, it's interesting when you were talking about the, the, the different stages and one was starting the call and one is demonstrating value. The problem is a lot of people think those are different. The way you start the process the way you get the appointment is by demonstrating that you're worth 15 minutes of their time mm-hmm. that you're worth start. you're worth a call and so you have to show value from the very first moment and what i tell people that it's not about reaching out and getting them to know you it's about reaching out to them and telling them what you already know about them and what you understand about them right what, yeah and um a good friend of mine he, he had a prospecting course and he basically said i want you to do enough research and have one insightful question and, and ask them, do you have this issue and it's such an insightful question that their two choices are to say yes or to lie <laughs> and and it's okay that they lie because a lot of people have are in the middle of 10 zoom calls and they're 20 seconds away from their next one and so no I don't have that problem means really no I don't have time to talk to you right now Mm -hmm. but man you showed me such an insight in that question if you then say I understand do you mind if I call you again and if I should come up with another insight and then get the heck off the, the line because you have, with that insightful question, even though they said no, even though they lied, you built enough credibility with them to say, yeah, this person might be worth another 30 seconds of my time in another yeah. little bit of time. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's simple and it's brilliant, but there's so many people who just doing research on a customer, that's just maddening.
1: Well, yeah, and it's, I mean to me it's just lazy well it's either ignorance or lazy right take your take your pick of which um uh, sin you want to commit because i mean the information is out like it's a, it's there it's so easy to find uh particularly socially if we take a focus and you know look at linkedin or maybe if they're active on twitter that type of thing it's you know it's so easy to find something that's going to allow you to personalize the message and bring Value, right? You can you can look at obviously you know where have they worked. Do you know other people in common with them? Are they commenting and posting on things on LinkedIn? What is their company um, posting about? Any of those types of things. Are really going to give you the opportunity to personalize the information again to get their attention you're trying to break through this onslaught of people how do you differentiate yourself you know the best way is to personalize it to the individual for sure the second best way is to personalize it to the buying persona hopefully your you as a seller and your company have done enough work whether you're selling to VPs of HR, engineering directors, facilities managers, CFOs, whatever it is. But the number one way is make it personal to the person. Absolutely the best. Number two is make it personal to the persona that shows like, hey, we sort of understand your industry. A lot of other people we've worked with have this sort of a problem. If that's similar to you and you're interested in talking about it, right? Let's go further.
0: 2018 CSO Insights, the then subsidiary of Miller-Hyman, did some research with buyers and they found what they called the apathy loop. And I've added a bunch of things to that apathy loop that I call the mediocrity cycle, uh, (laughs) combining it with research from other folks. And the idea is your customer really doesn't think salespeople add any value because they don't do what we just talked about. And so salespeople rank nine out of 10 in terms of preference of, as information sources. So we hear that customers self-inform without you, which means they underinform and misinform. They don't understand your business, your product, anything like as well as you do. So their vision for the future is simplistic and underwhelming. They take that underwhelming vision of their own future and then they invite salespeople and those salespeople use the sales methodology is all about getting a perfect understanding of the customer's imperfect vision of the future.
1: And That's so interesting. I mean, I completely agree with that. I've never heard it put quite that way, but, um, you know, I'm, I, am i am totally aligned with it and it just, it makes me think so much of Steve jobs when he invented the iPod, not the i. The more famous predecessor iphone but the ipod which is really what started it all um and i can't remember exactly his quote but you know it was something to the effect of you know somebody asked him something about um you know you know what's customer reaction or your test groups or whatever and he's like um he's like no we just invented this the customer doesn't know what they want because they don't because to your point they don't have They don't have the the, the, the vision of it. They're they're looking at things, in many instances, through through this certain filter. And sometimes it takes somebody that's thinking outside of that filter, and they come up with this thing. And then the customer's like, oh, yeah, I want that thing that I never knew about five minutes ago, right? So
0: I've had a couple people tell me stories that they ask uh, clients, Salesforce's clients and saying, who understands... Your technology, your product, your service, your your industry better you or your customer, and haven't we done you a disservice by telling you oh the customer self informs just do it right. customers if if you know if you know you know yours the subtleties of your offer better than your customer and you're accepting that customer's word uh, for what they think they want your everybody's doing you a disservice and so nobody's differentiating everybody yeah. is selling the exact same underwhelming thing that doesn't have any value and then the customer says you know what i was right those sales are garbage i'm never going to consult them
1: well I, I, i'll tell you a little story that really emphasizes that um so my my wife's been in the medical device business all her career and um she's not in sales now but she started out kind of in the in the sales world um with with um medical devices like stent graphs and things like that right and, um, we, you know, we'd be out socially at something parties, and she'd be talking about something or something. And she'd say something about, oh, you know, well, well, last week I was in the OR with something. And people would, you know, like they'd drop their fork and they'd go, wait, they'd go, wait, they, they let sales reps in the OR? And she'd say, yeah. And they go, what, why, why, why is that? And she said, well, well think about it. She goes, um, I've seen about 2,500 cases. The average physician has done about 50 of them. So if you were on the table um, and, the, and the guy with the scalpel had done 50 of these cases, wouldn't you want to have somebody that's seen 2,500 hanging right over his shoulder? There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's exactly right. So getting that circling that back to outreach and social and getting that first appointment, you can be an expert, but... If you just use these social tools to reach out and barf uh, appointment requests on them, you're not doing yourself or anybody any favors.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the I would say the 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 social strategy is is very much of a it's 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 a courtship kind of a strategy. Um, it you know it takes a little bit longer. It take it takes longer than making a cold call, but the success rate if, Mary, if, if, you know, if measured over weeks instead of hours, um, the success rate is so much higher that over the course of time, it's actually going to yield better results for the effort.
0: Yeah. I'm going to tell you a story that's pre social media. Um, It was a region. I was with uh, GE Capital and our region's funnel was a little bit light. So um, we decided we're going to have a, a calling blitz for a month to fill up the the yep. sales funnel. And there was an expectation, you know, I want you to do uh, 30 to 50 calls a day. And after two weeks, the sales management said, we're shutting down because Rich Rudolph is doing something completely different. Mm-hmm. So we stopped and we had a, a conference call with Rich and he said, well, and, and they started saying, well, Rich is making five calls a day, but he's got a, a fuller pipeline than every single one of you. And they're great deals. They're perfect deals for us. How are mm. you doing it, Rich? Well, I go on their website. I stock them. I stock the company. I come up with an insightful two or three questions and I get on with the CFO. Now, luckily we're with GE capital. So sure when name. somebody from GE capital calls, they will give you 15 seconds. Yeah. And in 15 seconds, he said, I ask him the first one of these insightful questions. Then from that insight, we are off to the races. So I'm slowing down to speed up. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what you need to do in social. And it's getting easier and easier to do, and it's getting rarer and rarer that it gets done.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll tell you another one. So so we have a, a, a deal that is very far down the pipeline you know i anticipate we will we'll, um close in the next four or five weeks so one of our sales rep um it was, it was a prospect that one of our sales reps was talking to last summer and for a couple of reasons it it, it it basically didn't it didn't happen and because they had connected with they had connected on linkedin with with the decision makers in the buying committee um, obviously, they were still connected and, you know, kind of had a, a string on them. So the rep notices about two months ago, the rep notices that the um, director of inside sales, they were, it was a job posting. He's looking for BDRs, right? So he's like, hey, we're looking for BDRs, post this. So our, our rep commented on, he said, hey, I'm happy to share this, you know, with my network. He, he shared it. The guy comes back and says, you know, hey, thanks to our, my rep. You know, so that's a little bit of the crack door open, um, and this was all in public on the post on LinkedIn. So then the rep switched to a private message back to the guy, and he said, um, hey, you know, if you're beefing up your SDR people, again, prospects is the tough, toughest part and all this, um, you know, maybe it's worth revisiting some of the new things we've been doing since COVID since we last spoke, which was like six months ago. And the guy's like, yeah, that's a good idea. So for the last six weeks, now we're all the way back into a legit thing. I think that we'll close this time. So the message of that is, you know, it didn't happen the first time, right? But if you stay in touch with these people and you're monitoring, and kind of following signals, right? it's, a, it's a trigger, it's yeah. a signal trigger um, of something that happens. This is to your point of bringing an insight to somebody. You recognize they're growing their virtual sales team that's great you've got a body what are the skills coming from right so now we're involved in it so there's just so many ways you can use it um, to to, to bring those insights
0: and I'm I'm going to I'm going to unpack that a little bit because what your rep did was more than just call and and said hey there's some new stuff because he he thought through the process of hiring a new BDR during COVID when everybody is worried about cash flow and so The hypothesis is we know we're gonna grow, but we sure wanna make sure we're doing it right with the right people. And we're going to get some payback on it very quickly, that it's gonna be the right thing. Mm -hmm. And certainly by just gently asking, hey, does it make sense to not only get the bodies, but get smart bodies and get them on ramp quickly that that's the natural if you understand the business of that inside sales that sdr role it's not just about making calls it's about making good calls and you also know that he'd known that six months ago when you were previously engaged right put those two together and start and that is that hypothesis that is leverageable
1: yeah And, and and i mean the rep started the whole thing out really i mean he started out by being of service because he you know, he's got a big network. All of our sales reps, of course, have a big network. And um, so and a lot of it is salespeople. So he shared it with the salespeople. So right off the bat, I mean, he is bringing some value. Oh, absolutely. Right. To, to, to start the whole. That's what triggered the conversation.
0: Yeah. So um, making sure that the customer, the client knew that he was being of service, that it wasn't about uh, purely mercenary transactional relationship, I'm trying to help you here and all really important. And that's what we, that's the hard part that is unspoken in all of this, you know, virtual, digital, uh, online social selling. And that's the, that's the important part. That's the part that really makes it work. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not about the customer knowing you, it's about you knowing the customer. And letting the customer know you know what do you think
1: yeah i mean absolutely i mean i, I think that i'm um, all of those elements that work in it i think the the other thing that the other element of of kind of modern selling i i like to talk about a little bit is is the video messaging piece you oh, know it's yeah. It's so much. It's it's much newer. You know, LinkedIn's 18 years old, man. Um, uh, yeah, it just kills me when you know sometimes we're talking to sales leaders. Yeah, we want to learn about this new LinkedIn thing. I'm like, it's 18 years old. But um, but the video definitely is newer now. Even the video video messaging has been around five or six years. But certainly, COVID was the huge accelerator of how that's being used. And I think one of the things I'd, I'd like to just mention is um, some of the things that, that there's really there's two things that are less known about video messaging. Now, first I have to say, I'm not talking about synchronous Zoom, Microsoft Teams kind of conference calls and things like that. Because again, nobody ever accepts a cold Zoom call. You only get to a Zoom or video conference after you've gotten somebody's attention and they've agreed to come to that meeting. So there has to be something before that. So I'm not talking about synchronous. I'm talking about a recorded video message. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's novel. It's a chance to put your face to the message. It um, it, it, it facilitates the prospect going through a no like, trust sequence. Of course, all those things kind of people get and, and kind of know about video messaging. But there's two things I'd like to mention, um, Mark, which are sort of lesser known benefits. Number one is the the tracking insights that uh, the video provides are, are tremendous to a seller, particularly if you're selling into a complex D 2 B scenario that has multiple decision makers and all, you know, all nine of them have to say yes for you to get that deal because it's video is like a Trojan horse. If you get it inside the gates, right, then you can open the belly and all the little soldiers run out because if you get it to like a coach or somebody else that's, uh, you know, going to open it up and they start passing it around to the buying committee and they all start opening up and you all start these emails and notifications. And then you reverse engineer the email format, look them up on LinkedIn. You're like, oh, that's the VP of engineering. Oh, that's the CFO. Oh, that's the CEO. Then it really gives tremendous insights into what in, who's consuming information. What are they consuming? What types of, are they going straight to the proposal? Do they look at the video testimonials, right? It, so it's super insightful from a tracking standpoint. That's number one, lesser known. The second lesser known benefit, and I call this like the Netflix effect, is in a traditional sales cycle, even in COVID, in a traditional sales cycle, you know, you're know you going, moving through the funnel, you're going through your steps, discovery, presentation, et cetera. Now you might say, they're gonna say, okay, let's get four or five uh, people from the buying committee all together on the next call. You're thinking, great. Okay. Let's all, can, do you have access to their calendar? Uh, yes, I do. Great. When can we get those four people together? Um, December, 2021. Like in five months, it looked like they're all available at the same time. Great. You just added five months onto your sales cycle, right? So what we teach people and what works really well is to say, look, then 20 years ago when Friends came on, it was must see TV. That means you had to be in front of your television at nine o'clock on Thursday if you were going to see what was going on at Friends, unless you owned a you know a, a, a DVR or a VHS. I don't even know what it was way back then. But um, but Netflix and every other stream, everything else that is streaming now completely blasted that out. Everything is on demand. In other words, the viewer looks at it on their time, is the point, right? Well, guess what people are used to that now so we've seen sales cycles shrink when instead of saying let's get everybody live on a 30-minute call to go through this proposal in five months forget about it put your proposal together in paper give like a five-minute overview walkthrough in video and send it to them they can look at it tonight they can look at it saturday morning they can look at it sunday if they have a you know a work hour before they get going in some instances, you sl- you're slicing month off a of sales cycle. So it's super powerful for that sort of, uh, uh, you know, do it on the users, do it on the prospect's time, not your time.
0: Yeah, and if you put a customized video for each each person in the buying team, CEO, here's the part I want you to look at. Yep. CFO, here's the part that I thought, I thought that you, you want to really chief uh the uh, CTO here's the part that I, I I think you're um really going to be interested in exactly and so n- now look at section 2.4.3.1 if you're on this part and so you can direct those people to the differentiation that they're likely to care about and you can do you can do so much with that that's really powerful and really uh that was worth the price of admission for this whole podcast. Thanks. Chris.
1: Well, you know what? It was to me, I have to admit to you, I actually never thought about it that deep as you just said. I'm gonna take your your I'm gonna take your message and really tailor them individually to um, the committee members. That that's brilliant because yeah, again, I mean, let's say you're selling sales or marketing software. Well, the VP or sales or marketing wants to know it's gonna work and increase their effectiveness. But the but the VP of IT is like, oh, it's gotta pass our security and compliance test the CFO is going to say, I want to see the ROI on this thing. Right. And on and on and on. So that, so that's, that's, sales I love people, it.
0: Yeah. The sales managers want to know how easy is it going to be for my people to learn? Right. And uh, how, how am I going to coach from it? And uh, Mark, I, I, I might, know, do, I
1: might do that this afternoon, Mark, actually on that deal. <laughs>
0: <laughs> cool. Uh, let me know how it works out. I'd love that. All right. So Kurt, um, what a great conversation! We could keep going, but why don't you tell people how they can get a hold of you to learn more uh, and to be become great and become much to become excellent at this stuff? Because uh, Van Gresso is is just gr- a, a great company to work with. If this is where you're for this part of your sales cycle and for getting these these first appointments.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, definitely, I would say, hey, you know, reach out and connect with me um, on LinkedIn and, uh, definitely tell me, tell me in the invitation, please, 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 you should please customize your LinkedIn invitations. Um, and in this case, tell me you, you heard me on Mark's podcast for sure. And, um, other than that, you know, they can certainly go see what Vingresso does at our website. Um, you, you can put it in the show notes, but it's B E N G R E S O. One S, I know it always sounds like a drink you would get from Starbucks, uh, but just put one S in it, please.
0: (laughs) Great. Kurt, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Uh, What a great way to have spent um, some of of my day today. Thank you. Hey, Mark.
1: And thanks thanks for the uh, video marketing tip.
0: Yep, no worries. And thanks for joining us on the Value Clarity Podcast, where we believe that value is something that only exists in your customer's head. So your success with your customer isn't in your control, it's all in your customer's mind. Thanks. Have a high value day. Well, it ain't easy, cause value's in your buyer's brain. If you're selling on only your features, you're gonna drive over you insane. And if you ignore your customer's outcomes, you're bound to be paying your dues, cause you'll be singing those old, don't know value blues.